Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Laity Podcast. You have Andrew and Stephen here for the first time in a really long time. Stephen, what's up, man? Oh, man, not as much of what's going on with you. Got a lot. Got a lot going on. I'll, I promise I'll tell everyone. First of all, I just want to say welcome once again, listeners. It's been... Uh, two months. Two or three months. Yeah, two months, I think, since we posted anything, that last conversation with Marty. And um, we've had a lot going on. So just to give, yeah, quick, quick update. Um, my family moved to the other side of town, but that was a whole process of selling the house with two toddlers and showing the house and selling the house and looking for a new one. We were in transition. Um, shout out to my father-in-law who uh, is probably listening to this and dealt with our crazy family in his house for almost a month. And we're grateful. And now we're in a new place, which we're really, really excited about on the Southeast side of town. And um, we're also expecting child number three, literally any minute. So I guess technically we're still a few days from due date, three days or so. But, um, you know, if I get a text, I'll just, I'll just hang up and we'll post these three minutes of recording if that's cool. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. Okay, bye. I'm out. What's been going on with you? Uh, man, I mean, not, geez, nothing on that scale. I got, I got a kindergartner now. That's kind of wild. Yeah, you were talking. You, we won't get into this, but yeah, we were emailing back and forth about principles of elementary schools. And it's like, wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> uh, oh man. And all of a sudden I am like, I'm a major, major, majorly hard critic. I'm <laughs> yeah. I, oh, it's hard, man. I mean, yeah. where we live, I love where we live. I mean, it's not like the greatest school district. So I don't know. I mean, how do you how, how do you balance like my your parental responsibilities like to have the best situation for your kid but and also yeah. like you know there's real opportunity in ministry and things that can happen here in community and uh it's um it's been a uh, it's it's been an emotional 3 days that's exactly how yeah. long it's been <laughs> also Gosh, she's I mean, it's like she's my oldest one right so that's pretty right. it's just First crazy time, man. yeah she's loving yeah, it she's doing great that's what I was yeah. gonna ask. Yeah, how's she? Uh, how she's like? How is she liking it? She's loving it. She's doing great. The 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 uh, her, her her teacher's awesome. Um, oh, that's she's awesome. like apparently one of the best in the school for kindergarten. So that's that's great. The administration, we'll see. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Give everyone a an opportunity to redeem themselves. Well, I was gonna say, it's just crazy the conversations you have, like we've had. And how they've changed over 10 years, but also oh my gosh, for almost yeah. 10 years here. But also, yeah, just how your values, you, you all of a sudden are thinking about things you've never thought about. Oh my gosh, you know, the biggest revelation I didn't even share with everyone is um, I, I finally joined the minivan club, which I told you, I know you're excited about my, my 2008 Honda you're, Odyssey. You're welcome, by the way. It was all you setting an example for, for the believers. Um, you are the fruit of my spiritual minivan loins, so... Very, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Very wise decision. <laughs> it's just great. It's so great. It's which awesome. I was never Have resisting you taken a road trip that. Yet? No, not just across town into the suburbs a hundred times. Um, but it's it's solid. So it's really solid. Did you like? Did you go full on and like get the TV screens on the back? Yes. Wow. No, they're not on the back. There's a pull-down DVD player, but we're not going to tell the kids yet because uh, yeah. once yeah. they find out, it is game over, and they're not forward-facing. But anyway, man, we've also been um, 
talking a bit, even tonight over the last 30 minutes before we hit record about kind of the future of this podcast. And um, so if you haven't heard already, I mean, the, the, the reason for us slowing down a little bit, really just life happening and uh, wanted to let everyone know we do have a number of things in the pipeline. Really excited actually about a couple of interviews coming up towards the end of the month or early September-ish, um, which we won't spoil for you, but also gearing up for a lot in the new year, hopefully. So brainstorming a number of ideas and, and really based on this idea, Stephen brought up a good point that was, you know, we've titled this thing, the Lady Podcast, and what would it look like to lean into that a little bit more and go beyond? We Listen, we love interviewing authors and thinkers and theologians and academics and having them come on to talk about certain subjects or, or particular works. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed that too. But what else? How do we really press into this idea of the laity and who's really listening here and what we want to capture? And um, Steve, I don't know if there's anything you want to add, but I'm excited about sort of where this could go and where we're thinking about bringing it. But I think it's still a bit in flux, which is kind of how we do it. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, you know, there's we could take all the time in the world and really produce something pretty, uh, well, I don't know, maybe produce something relatively mediocre. (laughs) But... (laughs) Or we could just throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. And that's kind of our approach. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Man, what's been on your mind with uh, spiritually speaking? What, man, you've been, I know you've been reading some, some Rollheiser. I'd love to hear sort of how rolling that's deep going. Rollheiser mi- right now, man. Rolling, rolling in the deep. So, introduce our, <laughs> introduce our folks to, uh, to Ronald Rollheiser. Oh, man. So, I think all this started actually. Probably because you got me into some Richard Rohr stuff, which then got me into it. Kind of sent me on like a whole, like all just Catholic bonanza, um, if that makes any sense. So, because it was gosh, you sent me with it was it was all the uh, Richard Rohr stuff, and then it was mm-hmm. uh, Father Greg Boyle, mm-hmm. uh, Jesuit, and then we actually also had uh, Gemma, who's or yeah, Gemma, that's right, right? yeah, that's um, right. Another yeah, from the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just and then I I, I stumbled onto uh, Roheiser's book Sacred Fire, and it's a kind of a uh, um, he's a Carmelite friar or uh, what do they call him? He's, he's a yeah he's friar a, brother. Yeah, it's really bad, but we just don't know these things. <laughs> we, we should really be more official. We um, should. But anyway, so I I I. I listened to his book on, on audible and just I devoured it. It's a, it's a, gosh, what is it called? Sacred fire. It's something Sacred like a, fire. it's about a, a, a Christian and, and, and human maturity. And, um, I just loved it, man. I'm, I'm really, really liking these guys and, and just stumbling upon some of the, uh, some of the folks in some, like some of the ancient, I guess, folks in the more mystical Christian traditions. Uh, and just, there's some really deep wisdom in there about life, uh, my wife's also been really, been really getting into the Enneagram. So she's kind of got me thinking a lot about the Enneagram, which is, it kind of fits into there. Some of the Christian mysticism. Um, you know, I'm not like ready to wear the Jersey officially, but man, there's some good stuff in there. Um, so Roheiser's book, Sacred Fire was awesome. Now I'm doing uh, the Holy Longing, which is actually the, 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 the one that's supposed to come before Sacred Fire, but they didn't have it on Audible. Oh, okay. So I'm actually reading the real, like, paper nice book and uh, you really like that you were saying you like love that it's one of the 
probably top five books I've read in the last three years. And I have, if I had oh, to guess, man. I've probably read like, I've probably read at least 20 books a year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, using the term reading usefully, loosely, uh, listening, whatever. But uh, yeah, I read between reading and listening, probably something like that. Um, man, it's just good. So he divides life. What I love about these guys is they, I think they've had so much time in solitude and space. Um, you know, guys like Rollheiser, Rohr, Henry Nowen, um, they've had such time and kind of uh, to to sort of sort things out internally and, and, and to, mm. to gain some clarity that I've, I feel like they've really got their finger on some good insights. I mean, this Rollheiser's book, uh, Holy Longing and Sacred Fire are part of a, of a series that's yet to be completed where he's writing a book sort of for each of the three stages of life. And he divides, he divides life into three stages. The first one is the struggle to get our lives together. And then the second stage, well, so, so the first one with the struggle to get your lives together, that's what the Holy Longing is written for. Okay. It's uh, the holy longing, a search for Christian spirituality, and he lays out kind of the, sort of the what are the key milestones, the questions, sort of the the big the big hurdles that we have to get over in that first part of our life, um, in order to 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 grow in maturity and, and to be able to move on sort of into that next stage. The next stage uh, is the struggle to give our lives away. So having having gotten your life together. Um, it's now, you know, now the struggle becomes to, to sort of lean into the monotony hmm. and, you know, cause things are slowing down a little bit. And I, I mean, I don't know, I feel a little bit like I'm kind of on the, um, on the cusp of first into second, um, with just, you know, life situations and whatnot, but you're, you're, um, things aren't as fast anymore. I mean, fast in terms of like, you know, wild yep. and crazy and adventurous and all that. Um, but it, it, it's, and it's easy to kind of let the monotony become a drag or, or to feel like something is wrong. But he, he, he basically, he, he argues, I think pretty, pretty strongly that that's, this is the most generative kind of time of your life where you were from the monotony, from the daily rhythms, you have the ability to sort of give, the the most i guess because it's the longest period it's the longest hmm. stage yeah. of life and right. then the third one he says that you know, and this book is not written yet i can't wait till it's done um if you happen to be publishing that book give us a call and we will uh yeah we will have him on um so yeah I, seriously it, it's the third stage is the struggle to give your death away um so you 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 struggle to in the, in the beginning you leave home try to go get your life together in the second half there's kind of a returning to home but you've made your own it's because you've it's the home that you've built and the and the regular kind of patterns rhythms you find yourself in and that's the context in which you give yourself and then the final step is in this one sort of this one final leap into searching for another home uh as you give your life away and your and and, and your death becomes god willing your one sort of final lasting act of generosity in wow. the world and uh man it's just he writes with such clarity yeah um it's remarkable man i really really like it. highly recommend it that's great yeah i will i would love to uh because he's overseas as well right is How he is he in europe I, I think he's in canada really 
I'm going to do the Google here because I was just looking, I was looking him up because it would be so great to have him on the podcast. I think Luke's had him on the podcast, right? Probably. I think so. It'd be, that'd be awesome to talk to him. Oh, it's It'd be especially again. awesome if Luke hasn't and we did. Ooh. That'd be like the real, that'd be the real win. Yeah, exactly. I, um, oh yeah, I must have, no, I guess he's not in the UK. I don't know where I got that from. Um, no, that's fantastic, dude. I've been just, I've been all over some, uh, some Heschel. A little bit, a little bit ahead. I should, I shouldn't say all over it, but. Are you in the Sabbath or Prophets? I, I, no, I finished that. So no, the, the God in Search of Man that you had recommended to me. Mm. So, um, Abraham Joshua Heschel, who's a Jewish author, philosopher, theologian, um, academic, kind of fits that. Obviously, Father Rollheiser is still alive and here in contemporary. Obviously, uh, uh, Heschel's older from a different kind of generation, but we talked about this. I was just craving that older is really the only no, way I know how to put it, but older sort of, you know, er, early night, you know, 1900 into 50, 60 type of like writing and, um, language yeah. and precision and articulation. The pre-social media language. That's oh what my it is, gosh. Man. Like I'm just reading it. Like every line you can just mm-hmm. shut the book. I'm like, this is also, so I read Sat when I was in Maine on vacation with my wife a few weeks back. Actually, it was more than a few weeks. Um, beginning of June, I read his book, Sabbath, which was just amazing. And it's it's actually pretty, re- it's readable. It's heavy, but it's readable and it's, um, it, it's thin. It's not a super long book. And it's about exactly what he talks about or what, what it sounds like. Um, and I don't even want to try to summarize it, but his practice, his understanding of the Sabbath and in particular, the God of Israel's sort of value of time versus space and what, what sacred time does to spaces and making them holy and sort of how the world uh, apart from God values space and the conquering of space versus the value of and holiness of time. And man, it's just, I of course would recommend it, but then of course the next side, you know, the other side of that coin is putting this into practice. And so I was talking to Jenna actually about it and just how do we begin to put that in practice with our family, which I know we talked to Marty about and a little bit and always front of, front of mind. And then, so wanted to keep, on the Heschel train. And most people know that have read him, you know, either read or familiar with his book prophets, which of course you just mentioned. Um, but which I've, I've picked up, uh, never read, but now reading God in search of man, which I guess is the philosophy of Judaism. However, I, I have a bone to pick with you because you mentioned, and now I'm realizing I just misunderstood. You, you said something to the effect of like, Oh yeah, it's also just like really like it's short. But I think you said it was like really just short and like easy to get through, but it's actually massive. But I think you mean it's like broken up in a bunch of little essays, like really short little yeah, essays. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I like got it in the mail. I was ready for like Sabbath part two, a hundred pages. I was like going to crank this out this week. <laughs> it's like a 300 <laughs> nope. something page book. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I don't have it with me. It's downstairs. But man, that is so good. And um, we're reading. Yeah. Then I was reading. Uh, I don't know if we should say or not, but what's his name's book about nonviolence? And I was like, this is going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Our next interview, I'm, our, oh, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to work in the sequence of things, but uh, I'm stoked, man. Yeah. I love me, Samantha Baptist. I'm telling you, I'm a Mennonite. Like, I, I, I didn't know it. 
some of I the am. Anabaptist stuff is awesome. So the Hegel stuff's been resonating with me. And then, um, you know, so we're having this author on really, I could say famous, but probably half the people listening don't know who this person is. But depending on what circles you're in, certainly someone I've looked up to in terms of authorship and leadership for the last 15 years of my life, who's going to come on the podcast in uh, September. But anyway, his book on nonviolence, which... <sighs> Dude, I mean, I texted you about, like, I don't want to go down this whole rabbit hole, but about in an age of, you know, mass shootings and racist, you know, it's always been racism, but sort of the racial divides, the socioeconomic divides, I mean, this the fault lines, you know, I don't know if they're any more clear than they've ever been, but it certainly is louder given all the media and to have him on talking about, you know, Jesus's radical nonviolence nonviolent stance from his perspective. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And, and the thing that, that is so challenging to me with the, with the nonviolence is that it actually like the not killing part is not, that's not, that's the tip of the iceberg. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a shift in posture and that's what's so hard. I mean, that, and actually Rollheiser's book talks about this, the holy longing. Uh, one of the, he, he describes kind of the hallmarks of, of, spiritual maturity in the first part of your life is, um, well, one of them is, is a mellowness of heart that you're, mm-hmm. I mean, you have, so becoming somebody early on, especially, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's probably maybe it's more common among guys or males just because we're wired that way with hormones or whatnot. I, I, but, uh, the, the, there's a kind of there's almost like an in a, a violence that's just kind of like written into us a little bit like this need to 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 fight and claw and compete and drive and hmm. um, in a lot of ways it like it's like how I don't know I mean like, like when I look at my life I mean I'm I, in some ways it's kind of how I've gotten where I've gotten but it, it can only take you so far. Like you can't do that forever. You have, there has to be a shift, and it, it is kind of a violent posture towards life. And so it's this this need to continually climb and scratch and claw. And I, I'm, I don't know. As some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, off off the air, so with, with school administration is helping yeah. me find. I, I don't have a very mellow mellow spirit. So oh man, just, I mean, kids will bring it out of you too. Like, and it doesn't oh. it doesn't sound like it's as big a deal because I'm not literally being violent or screaming or. But seriously, I mean, the aggre- like this hardwiring sort of aggression. I mean, I'm like yeah. I, and I never consider myself that kind of guy, right? I'm like I'm not the aggressor. and. I, I still don't think I am on, you know, paper or in my own mind, but it's yeah. like you find it, it, it can be just sort of my gut. If I'm not in a good place, like my gut reaction, my gut sort of wiring to your point. Yeah. Is that yeah. way. It's, it's, uh, so roll hazards. I'm just going to keep rolling on his stuff. Cause it's amazing. So he, his language would be, you know, the, the, the first part of our life is all about what do we do with our fire? with our passions, with, mm. with our energies. And, and the default mechanism is to be just a total passive conduit for it. So like my, my three-year-old son just feels things like turned up to 11. Yes. The moment it hits, right? So it, like when, when he's amped, he is like jumping up and down, high-fiving like, yeah! And when he's angry, it's like the worst thing ever. He's screaming, rolling on the floor. Yep. And we're, you know, he, he, it, it, the energy just passes straight through him. Um, and 
Rollheiser says that that you know one of the one of the kind of milestones is is, is when you start to become a person who can or instead of just being a conduit, you 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 sort of grow to be someone that can hold it long enough to sort of transform it and then give it back. And that's what I feel like the call to nonviolence really is. It's a call to sort of sit in the tension, sit in the uncomfortability, sit with people that are so different from us mm. long enough to be able to create a space for them. Uh, and not just create a space to put them, but create a space for us to be changed by them. Um, and then give, and then you sort of, you give that gift back to the world. And that's what that looks like is not killing somebody. It's something that's an act of, of generosity and love and grace and, and peace. I, it's interesting you say that because depending on how centered I am, I find myself like when I'm easily rattled and then I actually have a moment to be self-aware and present and reflect on that. I'm like, why did that just happen? Like, why am I so easily, not always, but at times, like why am I so easily sort of thrown off? So actually here's an example from today and this will loop back in. So without getting into all the details, I drive to work now because of where I live versus taking public transit. And so I'm driving and I'm at a red, I'm like listening to worship music. Um, I'm worshiping, I'm praying. I'm sort of like getting in the mode. It's morning, um, obviously in my car. I have music like really loud at the moment, at this exact moment. And there's a homeless guy um, on the corner. Like as I pull up to a red light, he's sort of at the corner right to my left on my side. And um, kind of had this moment of thinking and he was asking for money. And then without getting into it, because it's not worth it, we had an interaction that was super unpleasant. Like I was intending to give and I did money, but he was not met. Let's just say it was not met with any sort of, not only like gratitude, but like any sort of like respectful acknowledgement of anything. Instead, I was like barked at. And it basically was this like weird interaction. Really, And then like my heart was be- and like it ended and I, kept my cool, but I was like, not really in a good place with how I felt about him. And then I started thinking, why did I even give that guy money? And I was like, totally thrown off and flustered, like in a second, like a drop of a hat. I was like, mm. worship mode. And then an interaction, literally a minute later, I'm like, okay, wait, where am I? What's happening here? What's going on? And why? And then I thought, and I was able to compose myself and like, I wasn't worked up. Because I may, I immediately begin to actually think about, wait, why am I so flustered by this? Or what, what, do, why is this throwing me off? And why can't I just give generously? Why can't I just give away without expecting anything back? What am I expecting back from this person? What he also made a comment about how much money I had. It was actually really interesting <laughs> because I don't uh-huh. drive a Mercedes. I drive like a 2009 CRV, but I pull up. And his comment has something to do with the fact that, like, I literally, like, his first thing he said after I gave him not like 50 cents, but gave him a half decent, not really, but gave him some money was basically like, how dare you not give me more money? was basically what he said, but in a much more aggressive wow. way. And then, it, and then he commented specifically like how much money I had. And that threw me off. Cause then I'm like, wait, he's right. <laughs> I was like, he's right that I do have a lot of money in the scheme of things. And I was like, and it just had me like evaluating my whole life. So anyway, that's longer than I wanted to go. But, but the point is in terms of the aggre- yeah, willingness to sit with that tension, willingness to be in this sense, like I felt wrong to write, but in just in general, when you're in tense or uncomfortable situations or when you want to react at all, 
what's sort of the root of that and how does control of that and a willingness to sit with the tension and then ultimately let it go or give it away anyway um end up playing a role and and you know if you're in a good place if i'm in a good place it's it's powerful and if not it can just literally derail immediately yeah 100 percent, man have you have you spent a lot of time with your enneagram number like and, and trying to kind of look at that from from that perspective i haven't um like I could tell you I've looked at it, but to answer the question directly, no. Um, I'm It'd sure I'm sure it would be interesting. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna out yourself as a I think we've talked about me as a seven. I think we've talked about this. Okay. Um yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um yeah, no, I think we've I think we talked about that before, but um no, I, I I actually haven't done much any any with anything with the Enneagram over the last couple of months. Um, but that would be interesting. I mean, the, so the scenario you're, you're, you're thinking of, it reminds me of sort of everything that's happened with my, my daughter's school. Like my, my job, I spend 40 or more hours a week, like trying to make things efficient and, you know, looking at how do we, how do we identify things that are wrong and how do we fix them? So sometimes I can get sort of stuck in that mode yep. uh, outside, outside of those 40 hours a week. So I go to pick up my daughter from school and one, the, the, the uh, orientation was an absolute train wreck. It was like right. people just wandering. No one knows where to go. There's no signs anywhere. Hardly. I mean, even the staff, we'd have the staff like, Hey, so what, where do we go? Like figure out what to do with car riders. They're like, well, there, she's not here yet. And I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to do. And so I'm, I'm at this point, like, <sighs> okay. Oh like, gosh. are you telling me that like, you know, Y'all don't have this stuff figured out. Like, did anybody think about this? I, I, does anybody work here? How are we gonna? You know, what's gonna? Right. I'm, I'm definitely overreacting, right. but I'm, I'm like, and I can sense that, but I'm, I'm starting to kind of get a little off center. So then, you know, we leave, and uh, I'm already like a little nervous about the school because I'm like, ah, I know it's not like the best school, and but it's got, I mean, you know, best at least by like test standards and stuff like that. I mean, the, the county I'm in is like. We're in the we're like in the bottom twenty five percent of schools in the state, or maybe right. bottom twenty six percent for elementary. So, um, anyway, I come back then, and we go. I go to take her to school on the first day, and I pick her up after school, and I put the little car rider tag thing in there. They like they like put a number on my tag, and they just said all you need to do is have this number, and you could pick a kid up. Well, I go and I, I pull in the driver's line, and and everyone's like all the staff are looking at me kind of confused and they're like looking at my tag trying to figure out what it means and they're like so who told you to put the numbers on that i've never seen these numbers before what what are you what and i'm like what like you guys don't have a process for picking kids up how do you make sure kids are getting picked up right. properly what are you what's right. going on so um i'm i'm immediately yeah i'm i'm and this is it, it's very small i guess kind of in the scheme of things but yeah. uh for me, if I'm so my Enneagram type, I'm likely a counterphobic six uh, with a five wing. And what I'm finding is when I sense a threat, my reaction is not so much to hide from it, but rather to go out there and hmm. kill it. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like coming back. I'm like ready just to send these principles. I'm going to send right. them an email. And they're going to read my email, and then it's going to be different because it's going to be a good email. And I'm just, I'm just mad. Um, thankfully, I had a little bit of time to cool off. Um, wrote an email that my wife wasn't quite excited about. 
I probably should have run that by her first. You read it by me, and I said send it. <laughs> oh well, no, I already sent it. Oh, by the time I, got it. I, I literally, so, yeah, I, I like gave it a couple of days, and then I, you know, then the next, uh, then it came back and was like, all right. So you know, I asked for there's there's a few other kind of more particular situations that I won't I won't share online, but anyways, but I'm I am finding that that that's actually like a what's a common pattern. Me getting off center is usually me sensing some sort of a threat. Uh, and now I feel something like kind of like a compulsive need wow. to go mm. like attack to go get some like go go get it before it gets me. Um, and it's weird, man. It's all the way down into like jobs. Like I mean, I've been at my job now for two and a half years. Love my job, great job. I have no intention of like leaving right now. It's a great job. Um, but I have you know, it's very easy just to uh, to be like, well, maybe I need to be out there getting this. Something different, something here, something with, and you get these skills and just go do that. Or maybe, you know, the shoe's about to drop. Right. I need to go and do right. something different. I, I don't know. I, no, I'm that's, rambling, but dude, that's interesting. I, I, I would love to hear how, how, how your, how your situation would, would get. Oh, I should dig into that. Maybe I'm not working in any framework. I just haven't yeah. gone deep enough, but yeah. That's yeah. what's powerful about it, man. Cause it's been people, people use it as like a, I mean, the cliche right now is it's like a it's like a personality typing thing. It's like those Cosmo magazines where you figure out like what I don't know Backstreet yeah, exactly. Boy you are. You know what I'm talking about. You were in the, uh, in the Cosmo magazines. So, <laughs> um, the when you I mean used properly, it's really it, it provides a roadmap for like digging deep into some stuff that's in your kind of in your spiritual DNA, um, and I find it to be pretty insightful. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I love it. Dude, this has been good. Maybe we wrap. We're at 30 minutes. Yeah. I uh so hopefully, yeah, I'm looking forward to where where we're going here. Um thanks everyone for bearing with the timing and thanks Stephen for bearing with my uh family transitions that you know all too well. Um We'll come back come back through. Um yeah, there'll be, there'll be have... another Lombardi in the world probably next time we come back. That's insane. Well, you're due next year, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.